0: We're back with the Tech Policy Grind. I'm Rima Musa and I'm a fellow with the Internet Law and Policy Foundry, the organization where the next generation of tech law and policy professionals convene to write, think, and talk about the web, technology, and disruptive innovation. This is the Tech Policy Grind, the Foundry's podcast where we chat about what's going on in the world of tech policy. In this episode, Class 4 fellow Mary Bagdasarian sits down with fellow Class 4 fellow Allison McReynolds, all about Allison's pathway through law school. Allison started out on the Hill as a legislative aide and made her way through law school in the field of tech policy, specifically privacy and cybersecurity. Fun fact, Allison is one of the first Foundry Fellows I ever met in person and just a lovely, lovely gal. So hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Hi, Allison. Thanks a lot for joining this episode on Tech Policy Grind. How are you doing today?
2: Hi, Mary. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm doing well. Thanks. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, too. I'm super excited to hear your story. Um, and your journey into tech policy. So to start us off, please tell us what sparked your interest to work in tech policy, and how did you get to where you are now?
2: Sure. So I got involved in tech issues like really casually and not serious at all. In college, um, I think I was a sophomore, and I was having a conversation with a friend who was telling me about zero-day exploits, which I'd never heard of before. And I was like, "That's crazy. What is this?" So, that kind of sparked just a very like low key interest. And throughout college, I would, you know, read the news or follow stories about it, kind of just generally. But I, I was a poli sci major. I didn't go and like switch my major or anything at that point. Um, but then I had an opportunity to, to write a paper, kind of on whatever I wanted to, for a class of mine. And I was thinking, well, you know, I'm kind of interested in cybersecurity, and let me see, you know, if there's an area or a way that I can connect to that. So I think I ended up writing about, like, the use of cyber attacks by non-state actors. Um, And that was kind of the first time I started thinking, like, maybe there's a way for me to get involved in this space and not be, like, a technical expert or know how to code and things like that. Um, Because beforehand, I thought, like, oh, if you work in cyber or anything tech related, you need to be a computer scientist or an engineer or, you know, be majoring in computer science. And I know that now that that's not true at all. So when I started working on the Hill in DC, um, I kind of came to that job thinking, you know, how can I try to get more involved in the space? And the very first policy issue that I was assigned was telecommunications. And that was right when the open internet order was repealed. So net neutrality was blowing up and um, it was a thing that everybody was talking about. And so I really quickly, you know, learned everything there was to learn about net neutrality and how the FCC worked. And I really loved that experience. So again, that was kind of showing me like, there aren't, you can, you don't need to be a computer scientist to be involved in these issues. Um, and they don't necessarily involve anything technical. You know, there are people who work in policy and law that are very plugged into the tech space. So throughout my time on the Hill, I just took advantage um took advantage of as many opportunities as I could to just learn about anything tech-related. Capitol Hill is such a great place to learn about anything you might want to. Um, So, you know, brown bag lunches and webinars and the FCC often had events that they would host that congressional staff could go to. And so I just kind of built up my knowledge base um, while I was on the Hill. And eventually I got to advise on some tech-related policy. And um, I also took advantage of the Wilson Center in DC. They have a really great congressional fellowship program. So I did two congressional fellowships with them. I did one on cybersecurity and one on artificial intelligence. And basically the purpose of those programs is to get congressional staff smart on those issues. So they can take that information back to their boss and you know help advise them on better policy. So those two experiences were really great. Um, again, I met so many people that were working in tech law and policy that weren't necessarily, you know, technical experts. So when I went to law school, I knew I wanted to go to law school. I knew I can do this. I can work in tech law and policy. I chose my program at George Mason because they have a cyber law concentration. So they had classes and faculty that could kind of set you up for a career in the space. And um, so while in law school, I was really focused on meeting people with tech, with jobs and law and tech and and interning wherever I could get relevant experiences and that ultimately, you know, how it's how I got involved with the Foundry too.
1: That sounds so in- so interesting. And I always love hearing people's stories because in this space, I feel like nobody knew how to, you know, get here, but uh, like in a way there is yep. no blueprint, but mm-hmm. also it's like everybody comes from different backgrounds and the issues there, there are so many of them. And so interesting to see you know, how people craft their own um, path into the space. So before we go to what you do now, I would love for you to reflect a bit more on your time uh, on the Heal. I mean, you already talked a little bit about it, but just curious to, to know, like, how that, what it what it is to be a staffer on Heal, because I think we are also trying to um, you know, spotlight different career paths. And um, that is a very unique one, but also very impactful. So I would love for you to reflect a little bit on that too.
2: Yeah, I really loved my time on the Hill when it was like time for me to leave and go to law school. It was very bittersweet because it was such a cool first job to have out of, have out of college. Um, and I felt very fortunate and you know lucky to be in the space that I was. But like I said, it's such a great place to learn anything that you might want to because there's so many institutions that are set up to give people knowledge about whatever area so they can make better policy about it. And so taking advantage of like the Congressional Research Service, you know, they have events that they put on that are like webinars and whatnot and different trainings. And then they also put out really great reports that anybody can access online. Um with like primers on how things work and kind of the history of different legislation. And um, they have really good primers where they will talk about the case law and what the Supreme Court has said about different things. I think they have a really good one on net neutrality that I ended up using when I was working on that issue. Um, But yeah, it's just a really neat, neat experience. And you also have, depending on what office you're in, I was fortunate to have a really great office environment, but you have people that have been there for a lot longer than you. So they're willing to you know tell you what their jobs have been like and how they ended up um, in their current positions and kind of what you said before everyone has very different pathways and that's so true on the hill everyone has either worked in different offices or they've bounced around with different policy areas and everyone just has such a, an interest in getting up to speed on new issues and sometimes you get thrown into the deep end because your boss comes to you with an idea that they want to get involved in and you have to get smart on it really quickly. And the Hill is just like a great environment to explore any area that you might be interested in.
1: That sounds very exciting. Um, I mean, I know that you graduated law school. Congrats on that. It's a big milestone. Thank you. Um, So how was your time at law school Uh, and what do you what do you do now or what do you plan on doing now
2: uh, law school was really great. I knew when I graduated undergrad that I wanted to go back to law school um, and I kind of used that three year gap while I was on the hill to kind of figure out what I wanted to do before I got there so um, that sort of that was really beneficial I think because when I was choosing a law program I knew what area I wanted to go into so i Chose primarily based on okay, what is going to provide me with the resources that I need so that I can pivot into a career there. So, like I mentioned, George Mason has this cyber concentration, have a ton of classes that you know focus on cyber and tech issues. So, I really enjoyed that. All the faculty were super knowledgeable, and a lot of the classes were a part of the or they were offered in the evening so that the part time students could take advantage of them as well. So, many of them were taught by adjuncts. So they were professors, but in their day job, you know, they were actually working, you know, at a firm on privacy issues, or um, I had a professor who was at the Department of Justice, and he was in, I think, their like cyber crimes division. And so you're getting, you know, the content of your what's on your syllabus and what you have to do for your readings every day. But then you also have a professor who their day job is to be working in this field that you're interested in. So that was a super great resource just to pick their brains and ask them what they did right at a law school, how they got involved to it, involved in this space. And um, yeah, just really, really positive experience. I'm glad it's over. I'm very pleased that um, the three years is behind me, but I had a good experience while I was in it.
1: That sounds wonderful. I mean, to me, law school is what you make of it. Of course, there are all these things about like 1L and, the pressure and and things, but I'm glad that you managed to turn it around and just like looking back, you're like, great, this is over. But also it was a great time in your career. Um, So what is it that you do now?
2: So right now I am a summer fellow with the Wikimedia Foundation and um, I'm working on issues related to intellectual property and privacy. And while I was in law school, I didn't really do too much with IP. Um, I got, I took like an IP class, I think in my very last semester, but, um, it's a really important area of internet and tech law. And so I've been excited to kind of see what the workflow looks like at an internet company involving IP and sort of what the other issues are that they're encountering in the space.
1: And so you also mentioned that you did internships while you were, um, in law school. So how, do you? How does this fellowship compare to the other ones? Uh, because you say that you are, your focus is more on cyber and privacy. So I'm, I would love for you to also reflect on you know the different experiences that you had and maybe which one is was closer to to your heart probably.
2: Sure. So I was fortunate that I kind of had internships in different sectors. So I did one on the Hill, and then I worked for the Federal Communications Commission. So that was very, you know, admin law based. And then I did a shorter internship at like a solo practitioner who did class actions involving privacy issues. And then um, in my last semester, I worked at the Future Privacy Forum, which is an advocacy kind of policy shop. And that, that focuses more on that side of things. So I kind of got a peek into how each, you know, side or different, I guess, sector, um, works in the different projects that they work on, and so at Wikimedia, that's like a—it's in-house. It's like a private, or not private, but it's a nonprofit. It's been really great to see all of the different types of work that you can do in the tech law space, whether it's advocacy or if it's policy-based or if it's actually implementing regulations. Um, I really liked my work at the Future Privacy Forum because there whole, everything that they're working on is kind of filling in the space where law hasn't quite caught up to the technology. And I really enjoyed the projects where I was asked to look at this new thing and write a memo about how the law might impact it or might treat it in the future. Those are kinds of my favorite things to think about. Like, here's a new area of of tech or a new area of law that we don't really know how what our current laws are are going to apply to it yet or what are the gaps or for someone who's trying to implement a new product or start something up what are some of the risks that they might need to think about um that kind of those kinds of thought experiments i really enjoy the most i'm getting a little bit of that at wikimedia on the ip side of things Um, so that's one of the things that drew me to the space was getting to think about these areas where the law hasn't quite caught up yet and thinking about, given the existing frameworks we have, what do we think might be the way that the courts might come down on this issue later? Or given similar areas of technology, how can we draw connections to those things and pretty much guesstimate what we think you know, regulations might look like or what different liabilities and how the case law might catch up?
1: yeah, basically like what we can learn from the past regulation and how we can do it better for the new technologies. That's always so fascinating. Um, turning to what you do at the Foundry, I would love to hear you uh, reflect a little bit about your experience at the Foundry so far, what you do, and if there are anything in store for the rest of our fellowship, which is coming soon and at the end of this year.
2: Sure. My experience at the Foundry has been really wonderful. Um it's there's something to be said for a group of people that choose to spend their free time putting out content and programming about tech law and policy it's such a neat group of people and i'm so like grateful to be a part of it um and being in that kind of environment was such a great resource during law school too partially because you know you get to interact with professionals that are already in the space it introduced me to jobs that i did not know existed and helps me kind of frame, you know, what I might want to pursue after law school. And then also, there are other law students that are in the foundry as well. So connecting with them and comparing notes, here's what I'm doing in my program, like, what are you working on and getting to see what resources they're taking advantage of or different programs that they're in was super valuable as well and introduced me to resources that I wouldn't have found on my own. Um, And it's just been a great resource to see what possibilities are out there besides working at a large firm in tech law. And then as far as what I'm working on now, I'm really excited for the Foundry's second CyberCon for Cybersecurity Awareness Month in October. Uh, We literally just had the planning meeting like last week, the first one. So it's still very early um, in the early stages of planning. Way back in January, I was chatting with some of the fellows that were at State of the Net, and we were kind of throwing out topic ideas for our different panels. So I'm really looking forward to seeing all of that come together.
1: That's exciting. And and as you said, this is the second one. So last year was the first ever CyberCon. That was a big hit. Um, and um, I was not part of the organizing team, but I joined the sessions, and they were very... Interesting, and I also learned a lot because this is not my primary area. But really appreciate the effort uh, here, um, and excited to see what what program will this year's conference have. Um, so, I always love asking this question because I think people take this question also a bit differently. So, what advice were you given when you were trying to enter the space, and what would you give to like an newcomer to to the space if they were trying to find their footing in tech law and policy.
2: So my advice I think is more directed at current students um, or people really just at the beginning of their career, but the best advice I got was to intern as many semesters as possible in law school, which can be difficult depending on, you know, what your your workload is and other commitments that you you have, but you know, if you're able to get course credit for an internship and you can work in as many different types or areas of the tech law world while you're still a student and, you know, people have the time and the resources to pour into you and kind of shape your your knowledge, if you can take advantage of that, definitely do so. You also just... You're able to signal to future employers when they look at your resume or you've interned at a couple of different places in privacy or cybersecurity and you signal your interest to them and that you're dedicated to working in the space. That's been super important. It's been something that, you know, I've been able to talk about in interviews and things like that. And then just by virtue of working in the space, you become so conversant in the issues, even if you know, it's a, a very niche, you know, one one issue in one, you know, state that's working on like a sectoral privacy bill, like you, you become familiar with it and you kind of understand um, what people are talking about. So you can have a seat at the table and contribute to conversations in the room. Um, I feel like with this space, there can be a lot of jargon and it can be kind of gatekeepy around some, some of the issues. So you, you're able to cut through a lot of that if you are able to take advantage of of interning while you're in school,
1: yeah, so basically it's like you develop an intuition around different topics the more you immerse yourself um, in the in the area. really love that one. Um, so as you said that you focus on privacy and cybersecurity, and you just said that there is a lot of gatekeeping, so I guess my next question would be. What resources do you usually go to or would recommend to, um, you know, early career professionals in this space to check and things that will help them get over the jargon in the space?
2: So obviously anything that the Foundry puts out is a great resource. Um, but also um, the Federal Communications Bar Association, they're also referred to as the tech bar. Um, they put out a lot of really great information and they have different webinars and um, they have such a great network of people that are a part of the bar, but then also that you know speak at their different events. Those are really great. Um, they also have in-person events that they throughout the year if you're based in dc that's a great place to go and just meet people that work in the space and and they have you know folks that are early in their career all the way up you know to 20 plus years that have been working in you know tech law and communications and things like that so um every fcba event that i've been to has been really great um they also have like a summer stipend program so if you're interning somewhere that's related to tech law you can apply for scholarships and then as a student, um, one of the best things that I took advantage of at George Mason was they have an alumni mentorship program where they connect you with an alumni from your school. And I let them know that I was really interested in data privacy and cyber. So they connected me with an alumni who was a privacy attorney working at a firm. And she was nice enough to you know chat with me once a month and just, I was able to check in and let her know what I was working on what I was interested in and kind of use her as a sounding board for anything that I might be interested in and she did a great job of connecting me to other people that she knew and making email introductions and through that I was able to you know learn more about different jobs that people had and meet other alumni that were working in this space and it was actually through this connection that she introduced me to someone who told me about the foundry so that's how I even got involved with the foundry was just by, meeting people who connected me and and so on and so forth. So if your school is able to connect you with an alumni who's working in the space, I definitely would take advantage of that. And I've found that even reaching out to people that you don't have like a mutual connection with on LinkedIn, the folks that work in internet law and policy are all, for the most part, very nice and really welcoming and willing to share the knowledge. So just reaching out to people um, on your own. If they work somewhere you think is cool, let them know and ask if they'll chat with you.
1: Thank you so much, Allison. Yeah, building your community is super important, um, especially in this space. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and share your journey. So to wrap up our uh, conversation, I would just love to know what, um, what is next for you after the fellowship and what are you excited about doing? In general moving forward
2: so what's next for me is the bar exam um huge hurdle but um hopefully it'll go well i'm manifesting that everything works out um but it is 30 days away i'm not quite in panic mode yet but that is what's imminent um but once that's finished um in the fall i'll be joining the department of homeland security through their attorney honors program i'm really excited for that um i'm not sure specifically what issues I'll be working on, they know that I am interested in cyber um, issues. So that's what I will be aiming for.
1: That sounds amazing, congratulations.
2: Thank you so much, it was great talking to you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Tech Policy Grind. If you enjoyed the show, get in touch with us at Foundry Podcasts with an S at ilpfoundry.us. Or leave us a review wherever you're tuning in. I'm Rima Musa, the host of the show. And this podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of our team at the Internet Law and Policy Foundry. Thank you to Evan Enzer for editing this episode, Lama Muhammad, our social coordinator, Allison McReynolds, our accessibility coordinator, and Tim Lorden at the Internet Education Foundation. See you next
1: time.